You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review for Tuesday, October 25th. I'm Portia Cook. And I'm Kira McKinley. And you're tuned into KCSU Fort Collins. On today's show, Kira McKinley goes over campus news with updates on disputes in ASCSU. Then Portia covers local news with updates on the relocation of a sexually violent predator in Fort Collins. After that, Portia reports on music, entertainment, and events news with information on the K-pop band BTS's military enrollment. Then you'll hear an interview with Stephanie Z as she talks about mental health and how to boost your well-being during the fall semester. McKinley then goes over environmental news with updates on the Jackson, Mississippi water crisis. After that, I go over national news with updates on a missing hiker in Silverthorne, Colorado. Then stay tuned as you and Pert goes over updates in CSU sports. And to conclude today's show, I take a look at what Fort Collins has in store for the weather this week. The following Rocky Mountain Review news broadcast was pre-recorded on Monday, October 24th. With that, let's move right into campus and local news. I'm Kira McKinley reporting your campus news for Tuesday, October 25th. At the ASCSU meeting on September 28th, the Senate was voting on potential members for the Student View Review Board, otherwise known as SFRB. A few members of the Senate felt uneasy about two candidates for the board, and discourse proceeded to erupt within the Senate chambers. Eventually, though, all of the SFRB members were approved, although many members of the Senate have continued to argue that the vote was illegitimate. As members of the Senate didn't know exactly what they were voting on, not all of the members of the Senate were there and voted, and more. For more information on what took place on September 28th, look at the RMR podcasts from October 23rd. But there have been new developments within this story. From the Senate meeting on October 19th, which was last Wednesday, the Senate voted to approve the minutes from the meeting on September 28th. This essentially meant that the Senate would be voting on if the vote for the SFRB members was legitimate. And if they denied that, then they would re-vote on those members. After a heated two-hour debate, the members of the Senate decided to not approve the minutes from that meeting and not only re-vote on the candidates for SFRB, but also bring them back in for interviews. In other campus news, Colorado State University is not lacking in any fun and unique Halloween activities. Recently, ASCSU spent the first of its funds, which will go towards the House of Ovis, who are holding a Halloween drag show called the Dragula Halloween Bash. The House of Ovis is a brand new club, and they are starting off with a bang. The drag show will take place on Sunday, November 3rd in the LSC Ballroom. The show will cost $2 for students and $5 for non-students. You can find more information on this show or the House of Ovis at CSU Drag House of Ovis on Instagram. Thank you for listening to my campus news updates. Now on to local news with Portia Cook. I'm Portia Cook reporting your local news for Tuesday, October 25th. The city of Fort Collins has released information regarding the relocation of a sexually violent predator. From Friday, October 21st through Friday, November 4th, Fort Collins Police Services will have information posted on their website regarding the relocation of Raymond Umel, a sexually violent predator, back into the community. According to a City of Fort Collins press release, the information is being posted pursuant to Colorado Revised Statutes 16-13-901 through 16-13-905, which specifically provides notification of the offender and enhanced public safety and protection. Umil was registered as a sex offender in Fort Collins from February 2016 to June 2017. When Umil violated his parole, he was sent back to the Department of Corrections. Umil was released from the Department of Corrections this month, October 22nd, and now resides in Fort Collins. According to the Sexually Violent Predator Community Notification Bulletin, Umil is currently listed as unemployed with his resident status listed as transient. 
According to the press release, law enforcement agencies have no legal authority to direct where a sex offender may live, and unless court restrictions exist, offenders are constitutionally free to live wherever they choose. As a result of the Jacob Waterling Act of 1994, law enforcement agencies may share sex offender information with the community, and in the case of sexually violent predators, law enforcement must actively notify citizens. Due to the mature content of the information that will be presented, it is advisable to not allow children to view the notification. However, the press release strongly encourages that the appropriate safety information is reviewed with children after the notification is read. The press release further states that vigilantism or using this information to harass, threaten, or intimidate the offender is criminal behavior. Further information on Yumel as well as his photo can be found online at fcgov.com under news and press releases. The following story involves sensitive information about an officer-involved shooting and the death of a person. If needed, you can turn the volume down or skip roughly the next two minutes of this news story. A Larimer County Sheriff shot and killed a man. According to a City of Fort Collins press release on October 21st at 10.13 p.m., Larimer County Sheriff's deputies attempted to stop a 2005 Honda Pilot traveling northbound at a high rate of speed in the 2800 block of Southeast Frontage Road. When the vehicle failed to stop, deputies performed a precision immobilization technique, otherwise known as a pit maneuver. The Honda Pilot then went off the road and came to a stop, at which time the adult male driver exited the vehicle. According to the press release, the driver failed to follow commands and approached deputies with a knife. As a result, one deputy fired their duty weapon, striking the suspect. The press release states that deputies immediately provided first aid until medical crews arrived, and the suspect was transported to an area hospital. The latest update from the critical incident response team on October 23rd confirmed the suspect has died as a result of his injuries. The Larimer County coroner will provide the suspect's identity as well as the official cause and manner of death at a later time. The CERT investigation is ongoing. Anyone with information or who may have witnessed this incident should contact Loveland Police Detective Jen Froff at 970-962-2225. In other news... The city of Fort Collins is asking you to bag, not blow your fall leaves. According to Larimer County, as the leaves begin to fall, many people opt to blow leaves out of their yards or away from buildings. However, blown leaves can eventually find their way into storm drains, which clog the drains and lower the quality of water, which can kill fish. Instead, Larimer County is asking that you bag your leaves. According to the City of Fort Collins Recycling, yard trimmings include leaves, grass, weeds, and other lawn trimmings. These can all be composted in a backyard composting system or taken to a local composting location. Composting locations include the Larimer County Green Waste Program off South Taft Hill Road, Hageman Earth Cycling Inc. off East Prostrek Road, Timberline Recycling Center off South Timberline, Doug Wietzel Inc. off West Mulberry Street, the City of Loveland Recycling Center off North Wilson Avenue in Loveland, and A1 Organics off WCR 76 in Eaton. Local Trash Haulers also offer seasonal yard trimming curbside collection from April through November for an extra fee. You can contact your hauler to sign up. Additional information on the curbside pickup program can be found at fcgov.com recycling curbside. In other news, Fort Collins has a new deputy city manager. After a competitive national search, city manager Kelly DiMartino has named Tyler Marr as Fort Collins' new deputy city manager. According to a City of Fort Collins press release, Marr has been serving as interim deputy city manager since May, when former deputy city manager Kyle Stannert accepted a city manager position in Bothell, Washington. Prior to his interim deputy city manager role, 
Marr held a variety of possessions within the city, including assistant city manager, director of information and employee services, deputy director of information and employee services, and senior policy and project manager. Mars earned his Bachelor of Arts in Economics and Political Science from Colorado State University and went on to receive a Master's in Public Administration from the University of Kansas, where he then returned to the city of Fort Collins as a graduate management assistant in the city manager's office. Today, Mar lives in Fort Collins with his wife and young daughter. In his new role, Mar will serve as a member of the city's executive lead team and co-manage in collaboration with DiMartino while working on a wide array of responsibilities spanning the city's full operations. In a statement to the city, Marr said, quote, I am thrilled and grateful to be able to keep serving the Fort Collins community alongside my talented city colleagues in this new capacity as we continue providing exceptional service to our residents, end quote. Marr's role will officially begin on October 31st. Thank you for listening to my local news updates. I'll be back with your music, entertainment, and events news after the break. Hey there, I'm Lauren from The Collegian at RMSMC, and you're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. As promised, I'm Portia Cook, and I am back with your entertainment, music, and events news. In entertainment news, the popular South Korean boy group BTS will start their required military enlistment. The K-pop superstars made headlines worldwide when their agency Big Hit Music announced that all seven members would fulfill their military service in South Korea and would not seek a military exemption. By law, South Korea requires that all able-bodied men age 18 to 35 serve 18 to 21 months in the military. BTS will reconvene again in 2025. In events news, join El Centro upstairs in the Lori Student Center for pumpkin carving and painting. This fun and festive pumpkin event takes place today from 4 to 6 p.m., so for those of you still around, you still have time to join the event. There will be a competition for the best-looking pumpkin. Happy carving! In other event news, the Pride Resource Center, the Black African American Cultural Center, and REM Events are teaming up for their ballroom cultural event. This two-day special event will celebrate intersecting identities while learning about ballroom culture. The event takes place at Canvas Stadium in rooms 1204 and 1205 today, October 25th, and tomorrow, October 26th, from 6 to 8 p.m. In other events news, the Lincoln Center presents Cabaret. According to the event details, this dynamic and much-loved Tony Award-winning musical continues to seduce audiences with the tantalizing Kit Kat Club, where the iconic MC assures us that, quote, life is beautiful, even the orchestra is beautiful, end quote. 
As 1930s Germany slowly surrendered to the atrocities of the Third Reich, dreams unravel and lives are demolished. Cabaret is a dark, visceral, and tumultuous ride that finds us at, quote, the end of the world, dancing while falling fast asleep, end quote. Cabaret can be seen at the Lincoln Center in Fort Collins beginning October 29th through November 26th. Tickets for this show can be found on the Lincoln Center website. That's all for your music events and entertainment news. Now an interview with Stephanie Z as she talks about mental health and how to boost your well-being during the fall semester. Thanks for tuning in to Mental Health Musings, a podcast through the CSU Health Network. Every podcast focuses on a different topic pertaining to mental health and well-being. No two episodes are the same. Thanks for tuning in and remember to be kind to yourself. everyone. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, this is the Mental Health Musings podcast from the CSU Health Network. I'm Stephanie Z, the host. Uh, use she, her, her pronouns. You all may remember Adam John Aparizio. Um, he moved to Chicago to do some awesome things. So it's just me flying solo. But I have three awesome guests that will be joining us today for our, our episode titled Boosting Your Well-Being for Fall Semester. What do students do? So I'm going to have have my student staff introduce themselves and you'll get to know who they are. Hi, I'm Brianna Buya. Um, I am a standing senior at Colorado State University. I'm majoring in ethnic studies and I'm minoring in anthropology and women's studies. I am currently a mental health initiative students program assistant um, at the HEP Center and I'm excited to be here. Oh, and my pronouns are she, her, hers series and they, them. I'm David Keyes. I use he, him pronouns. I'm a grad student in the Counseling Career Development Program, specializing in clinical mental health counseling. I'm also a student assistant for mental health initiatives over at HEPS, and I'm excited to share my thoughts on well-being. I'm Emily. I use she, her, her pronouns, and I'm a senior in the Human Development and Family Studies Program with a pre-health concentration. I'm a well-being initiative student program assistant in the HEPS department, and I'm also excited to be here. And for those of you that are tuning in and you're like, what is this HEPS? Um, HEPS stands for Health Education Prevention Services. So it's one of the many offices in the health network. If you haven't come by, uh, take that hike and come see us. And then you can go across the street and get some Music City chicken, you know, make it a, a double thing. All right. So um, I'm so glad y'all are here because you represent, I think, such a wide range of who the students are at CSU. And I'd love for you if you could share with the listeners... What does well-being mean to you and what does it look like to you? So, for instance, like, how do you know when you're doing good, when you're okay, or when you're like, man, things are not great right now? There's a prioritization of one's body, mind, and spirit. I think that that can be practiced through mindfulness, rhetoric, and values. Um, so, expanding, that looks like meditation, journaling i think gratitude journals are good shadow work um so that looks like holding space for reflection and accountability in your life um and when i guess kind of just reflecting on when you would like others and yourself to show up more and then being conscious and accountable in spaces and setting boundaries and that's what that that kind of looks like for me before we go on brianna do you mind expanding for some folks because i know I feel like that's been a common thing now, like boundary work and and setting boundaries. Can you um, share 
whatever you're comfortable with, like, what does that look like to you? You know, what would that look like to you? So in terms of relationships, I think when you share intimacy with people, whether that be in professional spaces, such as academia and it's, um, I guess, knowledge sharing or um, intellect or you're emotionally and physically intimate with somebody, I think that it's important to stipulate experiences and narratives that are imperative to your character or I guess very important in how you show up in those spaces and how you need people to hold space and be conscious of them. Pretty much like not doing something you're not comfortable with or something that would maybe make you feel unsafe. Would that be kind of a good way to capture that? Yeah, for sure. And I also think that it has to do with like being unsafe. Sometimes it shows up in ways where I need you to do this, this and this instead of don't don't engage in this type of behavior. I just think about sometimes when folks are like, do you want to hang out? And I really do because I have bad uh, FOMO, uh, fear of missing out. And then my, but my boundary is like, Stephanie, you need to like care for yourself. And so I try to really stick to like, no, like I'm going to go rest, but really hope that I get invited the next time. I think that's kind of what I would consider like, like setting boundaries. Dave and Emily, you have anything you want to add? Yeah, when I think about well-being, it's it's being in charge of your own emotional regulation kind of thing, where you're not being influenced by things on the outside that can force you to be mad or force you to be sad. Uh, it's having those those things in place to choose which way you're presenting at the time, which I don't think is dissimilar from what Brianna said. I think a lot of that is boundaries and holding space for things. So I think it was a pretty pretty agreeable definition. I think well-being also can sometimes be phrased in media as like self-care specifically. And I think there's a lot broader of definitions that we can look at kind of like how you're doing as a whole. Um, And I think Brianna did a really good job of touching on all those different aspects that we look at. And I think just some other things to keep in mind, like I know when I'm doing good quote unquote in my well-being like I know I'm making time to actually make meals and sit down and eat them and not like rush throughout my day and like take time out of my day to like sit down and do something that I enjoy or that like nurtures me in some way so I know that that's just kind of another aspect of well-being that adds into that but yeah definitely looking at as a whole um how you're doing I love that you said that because I feel sometimes um, I think I showered like high five like that was a, a wind but it does make sense that that might be when I'm doing good quote unquote because I'm remembering to shower and to um, like make lunches instead of skipping that or going to sleep and waking up and going to work in the clothes I slept in uh, or whatever right and I think those are some small things that people can pay attention to to see if they're not doing well Um Cause I don't know about you, but like when I first heard about well-being, I thought it was this like mystical thing of, of like my, you know, I know we joke around it, but like, you know, what does that mean? How do you know you're not doing well? I'm like, well, I'm not sick, so I must be well. But in reality, I'm all like all sorts of chaos. And so um, that's helpful to hear. So yeah, thanks for you all um, sharing that. And so on the flip side, and you all kind of touched a little bit upon it, but um, what does it like, how do you know when your well-being is taking a hit? So well-rested, I, sleep is so important. I remember like growing up, my stepmom and my dad were like, you're a bitch and you don't sleep. And so like, 
And it was like, since I was like a little kid, like if I didn't get like a full eight hours, like I was not, I was rude and eating. I like that being intentional about eating and taking our time for it. Like, I don't know. I sometimes like, I catch myself like sitting in front of the TV, watching a quick episode and then like heading out and like timing myself for that. But I feel like it's really unhealthy to like have a relationship with food where you're constantly distracted while you're eating. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to enjoy those things. And then also being resilient and authentic. Being resilient, I want to be intentional in saying that there's a lot of battle fatigue that comes with that sometimes. Um, but I think that it's a very beautiful thing for us to be able to endure and surpass adversity the way that we have in our lives. It's easier said than done, but it's it's a more optimistic outlook when we are going through bullshit in our lives and then i would also share that being passionate in my work and restoration like when i'm not feeling myself i'm not passionate in what i do and like what things that fuel me i don't know and bring out like authentic brianna so wanted to stress that and then on the flip side so burnout what i'm experiencing right now um because we're in week five which i can't believe that we're moving that fast irritability I feel like I I don't know sometimes I'll go throughout my day and I'm like why did that annoy me <laughs> like I think but it's good to be conscious like catch yourself in those moments but it's so unnecessary and then um scattered organization I think that's one and getting ahead of ourselves in terms of our scheduling is bound to happen but I think that there are tools that and skills that we have that we can utilize in order to minimize that impact and then like catch up which I find myself doing a lot sometimes just leaving things until the last minute and then having like the long to-do list but I would agree I'm definitely a very irritable person when my well-being is not good (laughs) yeah (laughs) I'm very forgetful too Mm -hmm. I forget to do things or forget where I put things Mm -hmm. find it difficult to sleep or get to sleep once I get to sleep I'll be fine but sometimes when things are rough I'll try to go to bed at 10 and won't get to sleep till 2, that sort of thing. And why is that? That's a great question. (laughs) Could be racing thoughts or it could be distracted by something or maybe I forgot something or messed something up because I was so distracted and now I'm ruminating on it. I'll try some of the techniques of getting out of bed and going to do something and then coming back. And eventually, once I'm able to regulate generally, I can get to sleep under control. And luckily, I just purchased a new mattress, so hopefully that helps. <laughs> yes, that's real. For me, yeah, same thing. Staying up too late. I've heard it called, like, revenge procrastination. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so I know for me, especially I'm an introvert, so if I don't get enough time during the day to decompress and just, like, be able to get away from whatever's happening during the day, I take that time at night, and instead of sleeping, I'm just decompressing because it has to happen, you know, while I'm awake, they're like, just sleep and decompress. It doesn't work like that. So if I'm not taking that time of being intentional to decompress, you know, after what's happened during that day or after those past few days, it definitely becomes like a very vicious cycle of revenge procrastination at night. And um, I definitely feel it in my body, like my health problems, like my joints hurt more if I'm like, my well-being's not doing good and I'm overly stressed. So I know that those are very clear indicators for me if I'm not taking care of that. That's so real, that revenge procrastination. I'm the opposite because I'm an extrovert, so I don't need it to compress from being in the day. I think for me, it's I want to be selfish with my time and I want to do what I want 
when I want it without having to report to anyone or having to do it for someone. So that's playing Candy Crush. Um, and instead of going to bed, yeah, I will play Candy Crush until like one in the morning because I can do it. And it's my time to do whatever. And so I, I, I did read something about that too. And I was like, oh, I feel so validated. And I should still sleep some more because when I don't get enough sleep or my well-being is off, I am forgetful. I double book. That's how I know like I'm messing up. I'm not irritable, but I'm very much always on the verge of tears. And so I feel very weepy. And something could be the, it could be like my order is not right. And I'd be like, oh my God, you know, like something could set me off. I use food a lot to like nourish and to, I think, cope. And so I'll notice like not paying attention to my eating patterns. Um, I don't think I ate anything green until yesterday. And so for me, that was like, I wanted to do that. And um, and I also, I recognize I was like, wow, I'm just, I'm not doing very well. So it was helpful to go to bed at a decent time, eat some greenery, spinach, not like grass or anything, but like eat, some, eat some stuff that's green and then like work out, which was helpful to like purge some of that feeling. But before we talk about tools and stuff, I would love to know... Because I'm just curious, when did you like realize this concept of well being or self care? Like, when did you realize, like, oh, I have to do this for myself so I can be, you know, functional? We didn't know the language of it. So, I guess when was that like a an awareness for when did that awareness happen? For me, a lot of it came from being in the military where they would tell you, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. And it all felt like silly things that they're just doing to make you them feel like they're in charge. And in hindsight, those were actually self-care things, well-being things of, you know, hygiene and sleeping the appropriate amount and eating healthy foods and all these other things. And then, of course, I rebelled against that right after I got out of the military, as one does. <laughs> and then I slowly started doing it again. As you're trying to get into this professional space, you realize, yes, I do need to eat healthy. I can't have, you know, Oreo O's for breakfast every morning sort of thing. Well, they're so good. That's true. That's true. <laughs> But I think realizing it as well-being didn't really happen until the last few years. Like, it was adulting is what I concepted it as and understanding it as a a combination of things to create a well-being and my own well-being really wasn't something I discovered until much later. I think that I always practice, like, self-care and prioritizing my well-being, but I didn't necessarily have consciousness that it was that until college. I hate calling it being selfish because I don't think that's that selfish to always prioritize yourself because you're the only person that shows up for yourself at the end of the day. I think that's what should always come first. And I like calling it just being in love with yourself. And you can always love yourself a little more. Like, I don't think that there's ever a limit on that. I don't think there's a limit on how much you can love other people. I would say that I've always done that, but I think that it just continues to get more abundant as life continues. And obviously, I have my down days where I'm not doing that. Not to say that everything is constantly restorative, but I'm conscious of it when it is happening. I didn't understand that idea. I really even start practicing self-care very much until college because just growing up, I was just so busy in so many things and I just didn't, 
I was never taught to like take the time to take care of myself or take time out of my day to engage in stuff that was kind of like downtime. Um, so I don't think I ever really had like a good concept of what that was other than seeing on the media doing lavish self-care days type of a thing. So like I didn't really think that was super attainable. But then coming into college, it seemed like I'd see posters about, oh, like learn how to do self-care, you know, take five minutes to journal or something like that. And I was like, oh, that makes more sense. And then actually coming into this job, I got the title of well-being assistant. I was like, I don't even know what well-being is, but here I am doing that as a job. So this year actually has been a really huge learning curve and learning what well-being is, how I can deploy that and help other people learn how to deploy that. So I'd say that's a pretty recent development there. So what I'm hearing you all say is it's okay if you didn't know this when you were like younger and you're just figuring out now, because I feel like college is right that time where everyone's learning different things and you're having a lot of external influences and exposing yourself to new experiences. So if you don't have a well-being or self-care plan, it's okay, but now's your opportunity to get one. Um, so as we are wrapping up, i uh, love for you is a little plug for our health network, um, our office, but what tools would you recommend from because you mentioned tools you all use. So what tools from our office do you recommend to students to check out? Maybe your top one or two if you can't have just one. I'll have to say I co-lead a mindfulness group. So if you're kind of interested in what mindfulness is at all, it's specifically for stress reduction. And it's just four weeks. And it's an hour and a half every week. And we meet and we talk about different ways that we can explore with mindfulness, how to reduce stress. And I think that that can be really valuable. Um, and we hold that three times a semester. So I really encourage you guys to hop on and join that because um, we've heard from a lot of students that it is extremely helpful. And I know that I've utilized definitely some of the skills that I've learned there. I know I showed up for one of Vivian and um, and Emily's mindfulness groups over Zoom. Just taking time out of the day to just do like 10 minutes of meditating. Like it's, oh, you would not believe how much that can like shift your day. And especially when you set intention with it, I think that can be really cool. And I feel like some people are under the impression that some mindfulness practices or like grounding you need to have some type of like prior knowledge as if like it was a skill that or like sort of like a gift like it wasn't something that you had to practice and learn how to do meditating is about like being with your thoughts and letting them pass and acknowledging them and being still and only prioritizing yourself and your being and having a calm surrounding in order to do that so i thought that i think that's really cool when we have programs that are just helping you do that it's cool to have already organized time that you don't have to organize to just be a part of that experience to relax and that's a really beautiful thing for like people to provide that type of like peaceful space for you regardless of it's just a presentation or if it's like it's active where you're doing it while learning about it um which i'm a hands-on learner so i like that better but regardless like i i think that's a very beautiful thing to share knowledge like that for me, I'd have to say it's some of the more uh, short-term, practical, implementable things, stuff you get out of maybe like a stress-less presentation or some of the things that are on the website where it's only maybe like a 30-second thing that you're doing, but it, spacing those out throughout the day can really help regulate and keep you in a good place. And then you can do some of the more committed things like a longer meditation or a long med mindfulness exercise later. 
I think some of the organizational methods that we use to describe self-care or coping skills are really helpful because it puts things in a more understandable way. One of the big challenges with self-care is people think, like Emily mentioned, oh, it's the big lavish spending or like a bubble bath or something like that. When it's really a lot of other things, like those behavioral things of scheduling and the cognitive things of your attitude towards the things that are going on. And being able to see that is very helpful. What are some examples of the small things that you talked about that you would do? The 30-second thing. What's a 30-second tool you could do? I mean, one of the great ones is the belly breathing, that you can mm-hmm. do a couple of quick deep belly breaths to take yourself back to that parasympathetic nervous system and cool off a little bit if you're mm-hmm. starting to get elevated. Or the pushing against the wall is always a fun one just yeah. because it looks so weird when you're doing it in public. <laughs> Do you also like the five senses? Like, what, what can I smell? What can I hear? What yes. Can I yeah. What can I see? Like, it, it brings you back to the present moment. I find myself dissociating quite often. So it's important to do that. Yeah. It really is. And I don't even, and it, that should be normalized. I don't want to shame people for it, but it's, no. it, mm-hmm. you know, it's quite the experience. So bring it back, you know, and you can do things like that. And I also think like, gratitude like i keep going back to like sitting down for a meal like that seems so minuscule because we need fuel like food to fuel our bodies but like it's important to appreciate those things because that's showing your body love Mm -hmm. like i definitely sometimes don't eat for like three meals a day and that's not showing my body love and that's not feeling my spirit either because then I'm a little drained the rest of the day that impacts so many other aspects. It's being conscious of acknowledging like that was really kind of myself to do things that maybe some people it, it comes easier to others, uh-huh. but not to excuse that you definitely have other disciplines that those individuals definitely are struggling with that. I think it's duality. I can't tell you how many times a deep belly breath has really helped me from like walking out of the office or flipping a table over. Um, I often do it when I'm by myself, which tends to be in the bathroom, which I realize like that's probably not the best place to do a deep belly breath in the bathroom, but it's just where I'm at. It's I'm by myself and, you know, it's typically fine. Um, But it's just such a quick like trip to the bathroom doing that and then coming back. I'm just like, okay, now I can handle like the emails or the scheduling or whatever it is we need to do. And yeah, the like self-respect for yourself of like eating a meal or um, like sitting down. I can't tell you how many times I've eaten a meal in the car on the way to work or back because I just don't have time. Um, And just sitting and eating and like chewing my cat away is just such a such a gift. So I appreciate that time. All right. So as we wrap up, I would love for you all to offer um, just maybe a tip or something you wish you knew Actually, no, I don't like when people say, I wish I knew this because obviously you didn't know it and now you know. So maybe a tip you would offer to students incoming or current, you're like, hey, don't underestimate or whatever, you know, like do this, um, that they could practice, begin practicing their, uh, boosting their well-being. Not to steal from Brianna's normal narrative of the self-compassion, but I think that's the big one is being able to forgive yourself for making mistakes, being compassionate, showing yourself love. Those things will make a big difference in just how you live your life, let alone school. Communicating your needs. I think that's a big one. And then also getting out of your comfort zone. I think that's really important. I think 
all of these things are easier said than done. It's a practice. It's a habit that you have to keep doing until it's something that just becomes mindless, which is super cool when it like just becomes a part of who you are. I think that's super important. Like I like getting out of my comfort zone. I get excited from that, but I know that can it causes people fear, you know, <laughs> and that's okay. Um, but I don't know. I think even if you end up not liking something, you never have to do it again. As long as it's not causing yourself harm or others, I think you should go out and do it. Mm -hmm. It's super cool. You never know the type of people that you come across, the type of relationships that you gain or skills, the type of path, like change that you go through. I think there's a lot of things that come from not doing regular scheduling. Yeah, I'd say... um trying to find things that really boost your passion too. I know there were opportunities here like with courses or clubs and I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. That seems like nerve wracking. Like Brianna was talking about like stepping outside your comfort zone, but it ended up being really rewarding after I did that. So I just say really finding things that boost your passion because sometimes you can have classes that you're required to take for your um, major. And maybe you're like, I'm just really not into this right now, but find something that's going to keep you excited to keep going, keep learning, keep exploring. Cause it may not be a specific class that you're in right now, but find something that's going to keep you like wanting to learn more because that's going to really keep you going on your path here. It seems a lot of trial by error too, right? Like trying things and if they don't work out, then it's okay. Cause there's a ton of other things they can do. So um, thank you all so much. I mean, yes, I know you work for our office, but you also are students. And I appreciate your honest candor of what works for you, what doesn't, how you've discovered your well-being. I really appreciate it. And I know the listeners will really value. I mean, I'm staff, so it's like, okay, we're supposed to say that. But U.S. students appreciate that. Um, so thank you so much for listening to us. In our description uh, of the podcast, you'll find a link to our evaluation. Would appreciate your feedback, what you thought of this uh, topic, what other topics you might like to hear from us. And we will... Talk to you next time. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mental Health Musings podcast. You can find this episode and others on KCSU's website, the CSU Health Network's website, and Spotify. All links will be in the podcast description. Lastly, there is an evaluation survey that I encourage you to fill out. It's how we get better and to know what future topics to talk about. Those details are also in the description. Thanks again, everyone. And remember to be kind to yourself.
Support from KCSU comes from Crazy Carl's. With two locations on West Campus and South on Timberline, you can call in to beat the clock with specials every Monday and Thursday. Every evening after 5 p.m., the time you call is the price you pay for a one-topping large pizza. That's right. The time you call in is the price you pay. More information on drink specials, pay-per-view sports, and weekly specials can be found at crazycarlspizza.com. In environmental news, with Halloween just around the corner, many people may be immediately concerned about how candy can affect their or their children's physical health. But candy affects much more things negatively other than one's physical health. Candy production also has a big environmental impact. Ingredients like cocoa and cane sugar are extremely common in many types of candies. Their production can have harmful effects on the environment. CNN said, quote, Cocoa is often grown in rainforests that have been cleared for farming, for example. And unsustainable production can also emit large amounts of planet warming gases, end quote. CNN has also found that in addition to the direct environmental impacts from the production of these ingredients, a lot of candy goes to waste and contributes to the global food waste problem. About a third of the food globally is wasted, according to CNN. There are businesses that are looking into combating this waste problem by promoting more environmentally friendly candies, though. CNN said Amy Keller is making a climate-friendly candy that uses healthier ingredients that are also more sustainable. You can find more information on the environmental impacts of candy and more about this and other environmental-friendly alternatives at CNN.com. In other news, Jackson, Mississippi has had a water crisis since the end of this summer. The city's water has been contaminated, and now there has been traces of lead found within the water. In light of this crisis, the Environmental Protection Agency, otherwise known as the EPA, has opened a Federal Civil Right Investigation Act over this crisis. The EPA is investigating, quote, whether the Mississippi Department of Health and the Mississippi Department of Environmental Quality discriminated against the majority black population of the city of Jackson on the basis of race in the funding of water infrastructure and treatment program activities, end quote. This investigation is estimated to take about four months to complete. Information from this story comes from CNN. Thank you for listening to my environmental news updates. Now stay tuned for national news. Girl, I'm feeling some college radio vibes. Oh, I got you, BB. You know that college radio is more than just the Coachella lineup, right? It's also like metal and sports and EDM and news and jazz and KCSU, where college radio is more than just college radio. In national news, in 2012, a mass shooting took place at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Connecticut. The shooter killed 26 people. Influencer Alex Jones has disrespected the memories of Sandy Hook victims and caused harm to their families and loved ones. He is a right-wing extremist who has been spreading false information about the shooting. Jones's claims that the shooting was some sort of an elaborate hoax and that the families of the victims and the first responders were crisis actors, according to CNN. In light of Jones's claims, he was brought to trial by parents and loved ones of the victims. 
Jones now has been ordered to pay the families of the victims almost $1 billion in compensation, according to CNN. A hiker in Silverthorne, Colorado, went missing due to a broken leg and was rescued two days later. The hiker was spotted by a train passenger as she waved on the other side of a river for help. The woman, who was from New Mexico, went on what she believed would be a day hike when she stopped to take pictures and fell off a 90-foot cliff face. She did lose consciousness for an unknown amount of time and then crawled to the riverbank and was able to call for help. Information from this story comes from NPR. Here's one of the most highly debated questions and topics. Do aliens exist and are there UFOs? Well, 16 people may be on the path to getting more answers to this question, according to USA Today. USA Today said NASA has announced that this new team will be looking at how the government collects data on UFOs and will hopefully help in the betterment of future data collection endeavors that will one day hopefully help answer this captivating question. The revamp of interest in UFOs is in light of the U.S. Directors of National Intelligence report that stated their failure to compile any legitimate data or answers on 140 UFO cases. This is according to USA Today News. In other national news, CNN has recently conducted a survey to find out what Gen Z teenagers' favorite fast food restaurants are, and here are the results. Coming in first is Chick-fil-A with 15% of the overall vote, and a close second is Starbucks with 12% of the overall vote. Following these two strong competitors is Chipotle. And I know personally these results aren't too shocking. I mean, I definitely am one to maybe frequently visit these restaurants a little too much, as I'm sure many of us probably do. Thank you for listening to my national news updates. Now stay tuned for Ewan Pert's Colorado State University sports updates. I'm Ewan Pert, and welcome to this week's RMR sports update. We have seven teams active this week here at CSU. Up first, we have volleyball, who is 15 and 6 on the season. After splitting games last week, the volleyball team is looking to return to their winning ways and take wins against San Diego State and Fresno State later in the week at Moby Arena. Football is 2 and 5 on the season now after a thrilling win against Hawaii and improving to 2-1 and one in the Mountain West. The football team will be traveling to Boise State to keep adding to that win column over the weekend. Women's golf, after placing 8th in their last competition, the women's golf team is looking to improve as they play in the three-day Rainbow Wahine Invitational in Hawaii through the beginning of the week. Women's soccer is now 4-6-8 on the season after going 0-1-1 last week. The soccer team will be hosting Wyoming near the end of the week in their final game of the season. If the Rams were to tie this game, they would tie the NCAA Division I record for most ties in a single season in women's soccer. Cross country will be competing in the Mountain West Championships in Laramie, Wyoming later this week. Basketball will be having their first exhibition game of the season against Metro State later this week. Women's Swim and Dive is 2-0 on the season. Undefeated on the season so far, the Swim and Dive team will be traveling to Denver at the end of the week for their third match of the season. I'm Ewan Part, and this has been your sports update of the week. Thank you for listening to the Rocky Mountain Review. Portia Cook with your Fort Collins weather forecast for today, Tuesday, October 25th. 
it may be time to bust out your jackets and hats because snow is on the way. As temperatures begin to cool, it will start to feel a lot more like fall and maybe even winter in Fort Collins this week. Today was mostly cool with cloudy skies and a high of 61. Tonight, you can expect clear skies and temperatures to drop to a low of 36. Wednesday continues with cloudy skies with temperatures dropping to a high of 55 degrees. Wednesday evening takes a turn and brings us cloudy skies, rain, and snow showers with a low of 35. As for the rest of this week's weather, you can tune in to the next Rocky Mountain Review on Thursday, only on 90.5 FM KCSU Fort Collins. I'm Portia Cook with your KCSU Weather Report. Information comes from the Weather Channel. And that's all for today. We just wanted to thank Damian Castile for our amazing theme music that's playing right now. We'd like to thank our guests today, as well as the rest of the staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you. And I'd like to thank you, Portia. And I'd like to thank you, Kira. And finally, we couldn't do this without you. Dear listener, thank you. If you missed any part of today's show, you can find the RMR podcast on kcsufm.com under news or podcast. You can also find us on Spotify or anywhere else you listen to your podcast by searching KCSU News. And with that, we'll see you next time.